you're listening to a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Do you like video games? Ever thought about making a video game? Do you find that a week or two weeks is kind of short for a game jam? Well, have I got the game jam for you. Would the We Can Make This Work Probably Game Jam? The jam runs from April 20th to June 9th to provide a nice amount of time for you to make something cool. And the theme is, if you can smell that fat, you're not far enough apart. Shout out to the Lebanon Main Fire Department for this meme. Check out the link in the description for more information and to figure out how to join and submit. Have fun! Welcome, dear friends, to the Taviret, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by three gentlemen for whom the very wheel itself bends around. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Bill, Rob, and Rich. Hello, and welcome to the very last episode <laughs> of book one of <laughs> The Eye of the Motherfucking World. <laughs> Yay. Start, starts with me to go on, I'm going to swear. <laughs> Guys, how's it been? Motherfucking awesome, man. I miss you. Good ages, so... <laughs> ages, man. It's been so long. All three of us again. Three caballeros. I know, just like in the book, they finally met up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rich ended up in the Arenal. Naturally. <laughs> Cold and wet. Naturally. Me and Rob I got the boat. I got the farmer's daughter chasing after me. Yep. I've been playing with my uh, I've been I've been polishing my dagger all the way. And um <laughs> yep, we finally got together, made it through the ways, and here we are. Here we are in the blight. <laughs> the wonderful, wonderful blight. But Wait, um, are you anyway. talking about are you talking about the book or are you talking about real life? Uh, real life. Yeah, because that's, that's where we're gonna right right the, yeah. the blight's right outside, right? Yeah, it's all right, you know. But I've got a nice little spider plant growing on my desk. It's doing really well. <laughs> I, I'm wearing my mask, so sorry if I sound ruffled. I don't, where, I, don't, I don't know where you guys have been, so I'm wearing my mask. It, it's transmitted <laughs> digitally now. Did you not know that? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what Bill, Gates, Bill Gates is transmitting it digitally because he's the Antichrist. That's what I heard. Sure. <laughs> exactly right. Anyway, you've reached the Taveran, a Wheel of Time podcast. Yep, where we go through the Wheel of Time books, one chapter, well, normally one chapter at a time, but we're going to be smashing out three today, aren't we, lads? Yes. Smash it. Smash Hulk it. Smash. Hulk smash. So we've got no, um, uh, what do you call it? There's no iTunes reviews. But, uh, so next next season, guys, you're all going to be punished for that. Yes, and I got to work my, uh, yeah, I got to work my uh, pipes, as they say, as they say in the biz. Yep, or I may work my pipes as well. I might give you the oh, sample. So uh, yeah, see how see how much we want to punish the people. And uh, there's no there's no wheel of time news. There's no special news as well segment that I've been doing recently. <laughs> oh, I love those. We we just grabbing a book from your daughter's bookshop and and then reading from there. I think I might do in the future. No, um, I, I thought I, that's what it was last time. I thought you just randomly grabbed a book from her shelf and just no, started reading. No, last time I gave her tips on what to do while you're uh, locked indoors. <laughs> That's uh, what I thought was a random email you got. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, it's new fashion tips about wearing your dressing gown for like four days in a row. And, uh, you Inside, know, why, change your so why, why do you need to change your socks every day? No one's going to notice. Um, <laughs> My wife notices. <laughs> oh, but yeah, she won't notice your underpants. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yes, so there's nothing to do really. So we're just going to go. Uh, well, actually, first of all, here's a quick couple of words from our sponsors. Yeah. Well, well, 
quick couple of words from Rich. Hey everyone, Scott here with my good pal Rich. Say hi, Rich. Hi. And we're here today to tell you about a podcast we host together with our buddies Jay and Bill, the RPG After Years. The After What? The RPG After Years. Our show has entered into a new era of covering everything RPGs, both old and new. Thus, it is after its first era. It's the After Years. I thought RPG was Rocket Propel Grenade. No, RPG stands for Role Playing Game. It's a genre of video game. Every week, we go through the latest news and discuss other relevant RPG-related topics. We also review RPGs as we complete them. So an RPG is not a rabid Portuguese goose? No, thank God. From Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy to The Witcher and Cyberpunk, we've got RPGs covered from the dawn of time to the far-flung future. Oh, I've heard of Final Fantasy. I'd hope so. So check us out on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening platform happens to be. You can also find us at probablywork.com. Level up your podcast feed with the RPG After Years. Enjoy the show. Yep, that was that. So um, just a quick reminder, uh, network-wise, we've got our uh, Probably Work Jam, which started uh, two days ago, so four days ago, as of when you'll hear this recording. Um, so that's our game jam. So if you any budding game developers out there want to get involved, it runs um, until June, I think, uh, the 6th. I can't remember. June 9th. Uh, I can't. <laughs> June 9th. We're explicit, so we can explain that. The start date is 4-20, and oh, the yeah. end date is 6-9. Wink, yes. wink, yeah, jiggity, jiggity. And um, also, Pete, uh, <laughs> Pete Bourgelet, uh, who's uh, one of the guys on our network, is also running to be a representative for the state of Maine. So again, people in the state of Maine, he, he needs uh, some small $5 donations to unlock uh, like $2,000 worth of clean election funding. Uh, and I think he's only got a few to go. So if you do want, he's, he's going to be trying to get you guys really good internet in some of the more rural areas and some uh, extra dental care on your health plans as well. So, you know, if you want to go and support him, go to main.gov slash clean elections. And, uh, you know, it's only $5. And if that gets you better internet, what's the loss? <laughs> hey, Rich, you ever been to Maine? Um, where's Maine at? <laughs> <laughs> That's a state? <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. It's up You north. just alienated our entire Maine uh, uh, fan base. But like five <clears throat> of them? Oh, come on. Isn't that... <laughs> Isn't don't the New England Patriots represent them as well? Yeah, screw Well, screw New England, they are part of New England. <laughs> Careful with the New England Patriots talk. Yeah, but easy. There. I've been to Maine once uh, about 20, 20 years ago, and it's very beautiful up there. Although it's winter, probably nine months of the year, it's still a very beautiful country up there. Yeah, uh, like I say, well, to support Pete, you do have to be part of a certain housing district. But um, I don't know what, I can't be able to read off of all of them. There's so many of them. Uh, but, I can know, tell you one little... Listen to the episode three episodes back where I explain yes. it all. <laughs> one little, my one little main anecdote, the, the town that I visited was um, Banger, B-A-N-G-O-R. And this is no joke. The name of the paper there is the Banger Daily. That sounds like a porn town. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, but it's pretty funny to say, hey, you guys, you guys read the Banger Daily? No. <laughs> you guys been, you guys been to Banger today? <laughs> you banging today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm banging today. Anyway, so we're reading a book, right? <laughs> yes. So we are. So last week I covered chapters 
um, 50 meetings at the eye. And this week, we're going to go over chapters 51, Against the Shadow, 52. Uh, there is neither beginning nor end. And chapter 53, The Wheel Turns. So here we're we doing start. a trifecta today, huh? Yeah, a trifecta. We're going we're gonna to finish this. Well, it's rare the three of us get together. So let's do it. Exactly. So Against the Shadow, chapter 51 of The Eye of the World. So where we um, left off, Ren was being chased by 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 Ag Agenor. Agenor. He he's running uphill. He was he's, against all logic. Ran climbed faster and faster. Hmm. He didn't, you know, like uh, out of the children's stories, one of the actual Forsaken was chasing him, and he's in this surreal moment of like everything that he's seeing over the first fifty chapters, and he still is like, I can't believe I'm being chased by a, a Forsaken. This is. This is the stupidest thing. I can't believe this is happening to me. Bonkers. Bonkers. Yeah. He just climbs and climbs and climbs and then gets to a sheer cliff, right? It's like a, it's like a hundred foot drop straight down. And he... He notices Moraine is no longer screaming in the background as well. Oh, that's right. That was, yes. Because when I remember when I read that the first time, I'm like, no! Not her! Poor, poor Moraine. And, and the fact that Lan went down like a sack of potatoes... So easily, it's like you like that's that's when you're like, oh shit, kind of moment, because that was that doesn't happen. Land land is the man, and to see yep. him just go down in a heap with a flick like of suddenly, the finger. Yes. Suddenly, the actual dark one, Agnor, catches up with him. Yes, and uh, he's kind of like talking to himself, isn't he? Going, hey, Bielsman will reward me. Why should I share the power with you? Who are you? I, and he also like how powerful like I always used to think Agonor was kind of like one of the um because he shows up here yeah at the very beginning he's like the first of the one of the first of the one of the really of, weak ones well they said something to the fact that he he was buried close to the surface or something mm -hmm. to that effect so him and Balthamel were the first two to surface because they weren't buried as deep as the others I guess is there was was the wording that was used hmm. yeah I didn't understand but, yeah, that but, he, but all right yeah, you don't get that, but he, he mentioned that at least once. Yeah, I kind of thought it was based on power, but um, but obviously not, because this guy talks about, you know, Lords of the Morning. Yes! <laughs> Who is that? Um, what is it? Oh, this is about the time that Rand first notices the, the cord attached to, to the back of the Forsaken. It's a pulsating cord attached to something unseen off in the distance. Yes. It's, it's, and then, like a leash. Ethernet connection? I was going to say Ethernet connection, but... It's like being powered, yeah, it's like being jacked into the land, isn't it? <laughs> what? The land. Oh. The lo local area network. Uh, oh, that land. Yeah, that land, not the other land. <laughs> not Mandragon. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. Uh, then a tendril from that cord attaches itself to Rand. So it was like, the cord is attached to Agnor, and Rand's like, what? What is that? All of a sudden, it, a piece of it peels off, or it detaches itself from Rand, and connect, or attaches from Agonor and connects to Rand. And reminds me of Mashadar. <laughs> kind of like the tendrils. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I imagine it. You know, like yes. uh, when they were back in that Forsaken city. <laughs> and I remember Agonor's reaction of the cord attaching to Rand and being like, oh, no, 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 no. This is, this is mine, you know. And then Rand and Agonor have a, what I call a battle of the wills. It ends with Agonor screaming in flames. And and Rand finds himself transported to, to, to the Battle of Tarwin's Gap. It's it seems like what should we say, what should we say? Oh, Battle of the Bills? Back at the Bills. <laughs> Battle of the Bills. That's what I like to say. Battle of the Bills instead of the Battle of the Wills. So from a 
viewing it two the two guys are just kind of if you didn't have any foresight or anything it looks like two guys just staring at each other doing nothing so should I, having... should I explain what actually happens here please because i'm doing a horrible job of it because <laughs> it's, it's no it's just it's just very confusing i i've had to read this like like four or five times to actually get get it in my Go head for what it. actually happens so so agonor is dry is actually drawing power not from the one source but from the pure sadin that's held at the eye of the world that's what mm-hmm. that um cord and tendril is it's like the pure untainted version of the source yes. and then when it sort of suddenly starts to attach itself to rand and rand starts to pull from it he gets very upset and then they both start drawing from it at the same time and agonor actually ends up drawing so much of it that he burns himself out at which point then rand is the only one using it and then just randomly transports to, to, to Tarwin's back for some reason. Well, I think he <laughs> the believes only bit where she's like conveniently just yeah, happens think, to go where the big fight's happening. I know, I know. I think Rand in himself thought he was dreaming the whole thing, or he was envisioning the battle, not that he was mm-hmm. physically there. Mm-hmm. Especially when the uh, when the uh, you know the stairway to heaven appears in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started saying that song. <laughs> that, that that is not our punishment song although that would be a good song to cover we could factor that in somewhere yeah yeah i think i think we should add that as a patron <laughs> and and he's walking the stairway to be able to the creator <laughs> <laughs> oh god hmm. uh so as we mentioned Rand finds himself not just at tarwin's gap but literally in between the fall darns and the the dark spawn so he's literally just in the middle and he's like, whoops, how did I get here? Um, both sides are regrouping. So they, they just finished a skirmish and they're kind of regrouping to tend to the wounded, to, 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 to regroup and to, and to re-engage each other. Um, Rand does notice that even though the false darns are holding their own and, and, and fighting valiantly, the numbers are definitely on the side of the dark forces. Uh, just Trollocs and, and Kevins and 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 uh, Dragars flying around, and a couple of the Dragars flying around see this random human in the middle of the battlefield, and about five or six of them decide to investigate, sw- circle around Rand, and then they all seem to swoop in for the kill. And my note here says, "Bad idea." <laughs> Bad, bad idea. <laughs> what happens when those Dragar <laughs> try to descend upon Mr. Althor? Um, he descends upon them. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he, just, he just wipes the floor of them. He, he feels a burning heat, and he calls down lightning to just eviscerate the Dragar. When was the last time lightning was used to, to, to help Rand? Hmm. Hmm. To blind Matt for three days, so he would so shut up for a bit. That yeah. would, I know what that is. Yes, sir. It's rich. Rich has the floor. It's it's bad weather. No, <laughs> it's the Aes Sedai. They're coming in to help. No, no, no. It's it's Rand. He is using the one power. Oh. He's calling lightning, which is what he did back in Four Kings to escape yes. the cellar with him and Matt, and it blinded Matt for a couple of days. Oh, I thought it was, he was also Thor, but all right. Oh, oh yeah. Ant Man. He, he hasn't found the hammer yet. <laughs> Uh, guys, all right, no Paul Rudd talk, all right? Carry on. I didn't so, see yeah. anything of that. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, um, he he calls out bolts of lightning. Uh, then he falls on his um, knees. He starts screaming, doesn't he? Then he sends out a wall of fire towards the Trolloc host. And earthquake. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's just immense. It's just like a, imagine the earth rolling like a wave. 
That's crazy. I know. You see it. With, with fire and flames. Through the fire and, and the flames we carry on. And there's one moment where the Trolloc army sees that coming to him. Okay. He goes, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> What's and, that? <laughs> and he basically just takes off. And not only does he just, you know, eviscerate the Dragar, take out half the Dark Forces army. It's all done in front of Agamar's host. So they're witnessing, isn't that the farmer boy from, oh shit, oh yeah, go farmer boy, go farmer boy. And he, well, and they, he, don't actually, they don't actually recognize him, do they? Because they just, just say like, a man appeared. A man, yeah. But obliterated I, don't, him. Don't they start to recognize him after? We'll get to that. Mm, I'm not sure. I don't think they did, but um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> this is when this is the moment where the stairway to heaven suddenly appears. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> Q, Rand Q Robert Plant. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Rand just walks up uh, the stairway, and then he confronts uh, Beelzebub. Well, one thing I wanted to note, one thing I wanted to note, as he's walking up the stairway, he keeps using Tam's flame in the void technique. So, you know, if as if things couldn't get crazier, he's literally walking up a stairway of light, you know, up into God knows where, but he's able to, to channel in the flame in the void to keep himself anchored. And we'll find that Tam's teachings help Rand out at certain points in the story. And here's one of those points where he seems to be doing all this badass shit with, with what appears to be magic, although he's still a little unleary about it, but he can ground himself and use his father's teachings. So it's a combination of whatever power he may have with whatever teachings he learned as a, as, as a boy growing up to, to make him become the person that, he, that he's going to be. So this is another one of those points where he uses the flame of the void. To protect himself. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, so he climbs <clears throat> up, goes into some weird mythical tower and confronts Beelzebub. And Beelzebub's such a dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like... He's like, yeah, because he, he's he's saying, like, you know, I'm the father of lies, and then he starts showing him, um, you know, saying, you've got to kneel before me. He shows um, Egwene and Nynaeve wearing crowns, and then he also shows his mum. Yes, that's the worst one. Yeah, so savage. And uh, when, when Beelzebub realises that, he just dismisses the images of the other two and um, starts having Rand's mum pleading with Rand, saying, you must, you must bow for him. He's torturing me. I know, then, no. then like the Trollocs descend upon her and do unspeakable things to Kari. Mm. Not and... the pineapple. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, not the pineapple. No, no, no. I, I, can't, I can't respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I, think, I think that might be it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a South Park joke somewhere. <laughs> that has so many meanings. Well, the one thing that Rand keeps saying to Balsamon, he simply just keeps saying, it has to end. And he says that like over and over and over again. It has to end. It has to end. Yeah, uh, while while Balzaman is doing all this, all this shtick to Rand, he also notices that Balzaman has a black cord attached to him, although his is massive. And yeah, he's he's connected. He's connected pulsing. into the dark web. Yes, <laughs> it's a pulsing thick black cord. <laughs> Sorry, but that's what that's what it was. <laughs> he's got that and a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is one scary place. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now we're finished hey. with the pineapple. Here's my black cord. Oh um, my God. So, yeah, he's, um, yeah, so Rand notices it. And then just while Bialsmon's in some sort of weird, um, you know, evil, evil person monologue. <laughs> yes, he's monologuing. That's it's true. I'm the father of lies. I'm this. You can be I'm second blah, blah, blah. behind me, bad Neil. You know, then he gives the whole, he kneeled to me, blah, 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 blah. Be second in the world. You know, we can, we can rule this place. 
and Rand Rand just goes for the cord with uh, with the old heron marked blade. Is it a heron marked blade or is it a sword of oh, no, pure sword light? Of, oh yeah, sorry, he summons a sword of pure light and then just severs the cord. Well, as soon as the sword appeared in his hands, Bialzaman for the first time is oh shit. I may have overstepped this one. And Rand takes a whack at the cord and then he's like, No, no, you can't do that, you fool, you'll destroy it. They just shoots him with a bolt of light from the sword. So think of like Legend of Zelda, where the sword is fully charged, and he just fires it. Pew, pew, pew. So there's it's your video game grass. reference. Cutting grass all over the place. Cutting grass. <laughs> there's pineapple juice in his in his in his pulsing black black cord. But Rand, yeah. yeah, we we don't know where we're going with this joke. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, there's no end to this. So he shoots him with a bolt of light from the sword, and Balzaman bursts into just nothingness and dust. Yep. Everything around him bursts as well, and then Rand just suddenly just falls into just collapses and just falls into nothingness. Yeah. And then that leads us into the next chapter, chapter fifty-two. And now the Taviren present to you. Readings with Rob. Chapter 51, Against the Shadow. The void boiled in his mind. His sword was in his hand. Not the heron-marked blade, but the blade of light. A blade of the light. Even as he raised it, a fiery white bolt shot from the point, as if the blade itself had reached out. It touched the nearest fade, and blinding canescence filled the chamber, shining through the halfman like a candle through paper, burning them both, burning through them, blinding his eyes to the scene. From the midst of the brilliance, he heard a whisper. Thank you, my son. The light. The blessed light. The flash faded, and he was alone in the chamber with Balzaman. Balzaman's eyes burned like the pit of doom, but he shied back from the sword as if it were truly the light itself. Fool! You will destroy yourself! You cannot wield it so! Not yet! Not until I teach you! It is ended, Rand said, and he swung the sword at Balzaman's black cord. Balzaman screamed as a sword fell, screamed till the stone walls trembled, and the endless howl redoubled as the blade of light severed the cord. The cut ends rebounded apart as if they had been under tension. The end stretching into the nothingness outside began to shrivel as it sprang away. The other whipped back into Balzaman, hurling him against the fireplace. There was silent laughter in the soundless shrieks of the tortured faces. The walls shivered and cracked. The floor heaved, and chunks of stone crashed to the floor from the ceiling. As all broke apart around him, Rand pointed the sword at Balzaman's heart. It is ended. Light lanced from the blade, coruscating in a shower of fiery sparks like droplets of molten white metal. Wailing, Balzaman threw up his arms in a vain effort to shield himself. Flames shrieked in his eyes, joined with other flames as the stone ignited. The stone of the cracking walls, the stone of the pitching floor, the stone showering from the ceiling. Ran felt the bright thread attached to him thinning, till only the glow itself remained. But he strained harder, not knowing what he did or how, only that it had to be ended. It has to be ended. Fire filled the chamber, a solid flame. He could see Balzaman withering like a leaf, 
hearing him howl, feel the shrieks grating on his bones. The flame became pure white light, brighter than the sun. Then the last flicker of the thread was gone, and he was falling through endless black and Balsamon's fading howl. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at TavirNPod with your request. There is neither beginning nor end. Yes, and we start with uh, Rand sort of uh, basically waking up like a child. It's like, oh, yes, that's it. And it's, I'm Rand. It's... What am I doing? Oh, yes. In the field. I'm hurt. It's that one meme of the kid from The Simpsons in the back of the bus. I seem to be in danger. <laughs> yes. Why can I taste pineapple? Um, and uh, he can just see a pile of ash. I know. <laughs> he could just see a pile of ash on the floor, which is... Um... He does. He's like, he's like who, who am I? My name is Rand. Ow, I hurt. Where am I? <laughs> I bet my Wookiee. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can see you can see like the pile of ash on the floor that used to be Agonor, and you can see well, a bit of his uh, his oh, yeah. cloak. So he assumes it was the burnt remains of the. Well, of the first thing he rem- the first memory that comes back to him is he sees the sword, his Paranmark mm-hmm. blade, and then he's like, "Oh wait, that's my dad's sword." Oh wait, my name is Rand. You know, that's then his next is like, "Oh wait, I like someone named Egwain." Because like, these things are slowly coming back to him. And I did really bad things to that sheep on winter's night. Hey, that tweet was kind of hot too. It's lonely in the woods. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he start, He suddenly remembers as well that he suddenly killed Shaitan. And he's Who? just like, Shaitan. Oh, Rand okay. actually starts... Um, yeah, he's so he suddenly starts running off saying, oh, you know, uh, Shaitan's dead. <laughs> yeah, I did it. We're you good. can name the dark one because there's no need for caution anymore. Oh, that's right. Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. Voldemort's dead. Woo. Uh, so with effort, he gets up to his feet uh, and then he starts running down the hill, which is like definitely a dumb thing to do. Well, the um, one thing, yeah, the one thing when he comes back to the party I have here, he sees everybody. And one and the, one of the comments that he has to himself is that Nynaeve's eyes are, what do you call it, haunted. And Ma Rain was worse for wear. Worse for wear. He, he realized that she was in a struggle, but she was alive. But she's lying prone on the floor with Nynaeve tending her. But Nynaeve had haunted eyes. So I, I made a note of that. Yeah, so maybe they had pineapples as well. Hey, you know, Lan was passed out, so you, who knows what she did then. <laughs> Now's my chance. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that's why they call you Seven Tails. Um. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Um, yes, so uh, uh, what happens next? Uh, after recalling what actually happened, Rand realized that he actually channeled the one power. So mm. when Moraine asked Rand to recount the events with Agnor and Balsamon, she seems to compel him to speak. It was one of those things where even though she seemed injured and lying down, she I think in that moment she may have actually used the, the one power on Rand to compel him. Because she was like, speak, say it now, do it! And you know he just blabs everything. Did, did Moraine use important. the one? It's what? important to note that he's only talking to Moraine, uh, Nynaeve, and Egwene here. Yes, the right. The, the men haven't come back yet. They were. She sent them to scavenge what they could from the cave where the eye was. So the and and, and as the, the men make their way back, he's like, please don't tell him. Please don't tell him. You know, this, yes, this, please don't this. tell him. I can channel the one power because uh, that's, that's generally frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be. Gen- please leave my yes. doors alone. 
<laughs> but then uh, Rand says, "Well, you, Tamorian, well, you can help me. You can help me work with this and 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 craft it and and not go crazy, right?" And then that's when she kind of explains the difference between Sidere and Sidane. I forget the exact references, but she says something like, "You know, I'd rather be able to. It'd be easier to teach a fish to fly, or a bird, you know, or or or, or a dog to meow like a cat, or something, something to that effect." Uh, fish to fly is like saying the Amarin sequencing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, anyway, sorry, <laughs> spoilers for three books away. <laughs> <laughs> With the Amarillo is and, and her background. But, uh, you know, now that he realizes what he has done, his fear is that Mari will not try to, as you put it in the last chapter, gentle, or last episode, gentle him, uh, like Bob Barker spayed new to your pets. Yep, like you would do to your pets. <laughs> yeah. She has no plans to do so. She says, the pattern is not finished with you. Now, Rand fears that Maureen will be, you will use him as a tool. Uh, that was one of the things that Balsamon kept kept uh, teasing him with. The witches of Taravalon will use you like a tool. And when she tells him, you know, we're not done with you yet, or the pattern's not done with you yet, that's where he's like, ah, shit. I know. <laughs> now, now, can we talk about what's in the eye? What is in the eye? What's in the eye? <laughs> not pineapple juice this time. Um, so, Stop it. <laughs> sorry. So, yes, uh, the boys return with all the stuff from the eye, and there's a weird little plaque <laughs> with the uh, with the flame of Tarvalon on it, and um, Moraine asks Lan to slam it with a knife, and not a fragment breaks off of this um, little circle thing, and she explains that it's called um, Salindor, Salindor? Quindalar. I, I don't know. I, we, we might hear about that one. Actually, let me see if it's in the back with the pronunciation. I thought it was like... Yeah, uh, which has a simpler name of Heartstone. And Quain it's once... Quain de Yar. I'm literally looking at the pronunciation in the back of the book, and I still can't get it. Yeah, and once it's made, it can't be broken. Just like Just me. like no, Captain just America's like me. shield. Nope, just like me. But... I'm kidding. <laughs> you're, you're a heart of stone, Rich. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, this is our time to, to talk about uh, they they find the the crypt of Paul Rudd also in the eye, uh, and it's amazing Rudd doesn't die. You're killing it's me. it's a very well it's a very tiny coffin, but then they open it and he wakes up and and they find out that uh, Paul Rudd is the creator, and he and he brought Bella to the land to 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 help bring bring balance to the world. How much farther can I go with this? Um. <laughs> I try to think here. Paul Rudd. What else can we say about Paul Rudd? Um, Paul Rudd, and he's the savior of the world. <laughs> oh Paul, wait, no. Oh, Paul Rudd. Sorry, 2020. sorry, Bill. Sorry, Bill. We were we no, were kind of rewriting the end of the book there a little bit. <laughs> I know, I know. Right, anyway, carry <laughs> on. Sorry. <laughs> well, actually, I think, and if I'm not mistaken, I think when Lan slams the knife into the into the piece of stone, it's a broken piece. Yeah, he, some piece chips off, and mm. the knife like bends or breaks and Atlanta looks at it as a stupid, you know, high quality knife. And then Moraine goes on to say, this is one of the dark one seals on this prison. And maybe you can help me with this. I think the seals are there. It's hard to explain. They're not really sealing anything. So that was kind of one of the more visual things I was trying to work through with my brain. It's more of a ceremonial seal where if it breaks, he becomes free or if all were there seven of them or five of them? I forget how many there were. Hmm. But 
it's more of a um, ceremonial thing because they're just pieces of stone. They're not really sealing anything, correct? Yes, correct. But as they break, it shows that he's breaking free. They're weakening. Yeah. So it's more of a symbolic nature. And then what's in, what's in the box? The second item is the freaking <laughs> horn of Valer. I have literally my notes say here, the freaking horn of Valer. Freaking so we can, yeah, we can ignore the entire second book because there's no need for a great hunt. About it. <laughs> yeah. So the entire second book we're going to skip. Right? Please don't. I love that one. <laughs> okay, that one's in, that, that item's important. You better hold on to that one. I'm sure nothing and good happens in that second book anyway. So <laughs> everything good one. happens in that second book. It's the best um, one. Well, upon seeing what it is, Maureen then finally states and gives us a little precursor to the next book that they need to make their way to the country of Ilian, which is apparently where the hunt is going to start. So she's trying, she's trying to kill the buzz over there. Don't worry, we found it. It's right here. Got it. Everybody can stay home. Kind of a buzz kill there. The final item, Bill, why don't you go us through the third item that they find? Um, oh, the banner. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, we're we're, we're doing a book, book podcast. <laughs> How you doing? Sorry. Well, you know, once, you know, once you've activated the horn. <laughs> All the pineapple juice, right? Who, who, who cares about the sparkly banner? Uh, yes, there's a big dragon banner, which was the uh, banner of Louis Ferrin Telemon. Louis Theron himself. It's one of those things where like they unfurl, unfurl it and and I think Matt was the one like, oh shit, <laughs> or blood and bloody ashes, is that really that? So it's funny, I thought the Horde of Valera would have been the, the, the last item, but they, they, they went with the banner of the Lord Dragon as being the third and most important item of that trifecta. It will become important, it will become important at some point. Yeah. So um, so Moraine says, you know, right, we should all have a, little, we should all have a nice sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, with the green man gone, there's no one to hold back the blight. So my might well make use, way through, yeah. Yeah, might as well make use of it while we've still got a bit of greenery. Um, and yeah, <clears throat> when asks if it, uh, Rand asks um, Moraine if it's done, and she tells him that they came what they do to is now finished. So from now on, he may live as the pattern weaves, which really? is kind of what's been going on anyway. So. <laughs> you know, pretty much, the pattern's been pulling him all over the place. So. Yeah, but then I think we also, is this, uh, oh no, it's the next chapter we get a bit with uh, Loyal, isn't it? Yes, this is the last note I have is Maureen saying they all need to camp for the night. And now that the, the green man is dead, the blight will start to take over his his uh, green green landscapes. But um, well, one of, that pretty much brings an end to this chapter. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the one of the mysteries that was revealed in this thing, or resolved, was um, how Bella could keep up with all the other horses. That's right. Is that was that this chapter? Yeah, Moraine mentions it. Oh, that's when right. They, when they're having a little chat, she goes, "Yeah, basically, you were like subconsciously healing Bella." That was, was when running. she first realized Rand had some special abilities, yeah, or one of, the, or at least one of the boys. Yeah, uh, he was he was willing. I remember that he was willing Bella to keep up with everybody because Bella was carrying Egwene, and not only did Bella keep up with everybody, at the end of the chase. She didn't need any healing as the other, as Mandarb and Aldeeb needed, and the yes. other horses. And also, this is where Lan then says, you know, he then officially offers to teach Rand how to use his hammer and mark blade. Oh, that's right. Teaches sure. a little bit, <laughs> which brings us into chapter fifty-three. The wheel, the wheel turns. turns. 
And now, the Taveren present to you Readings with Rob. Chapter 52. There is neither beginning nor end. The flattened cube of gold and silver appeared to be solid, but the eyes and eyes fingers felt across the intricate work, pressing, and with a sudden click a top flung back as if on springs. A curled gold horn nestled within. Despite its gleam, it seemed plain besides the chest that held it. The only markings were a line of silver script inlaid around the mouth of the bell. Bahrain lifted the horn out as if lifting a babe. This must be carried to Ilion, she said softly. Ilion? Perrin growled. That's almost to the Sea of Storms, nearly as far south as homes we are north now. Is it? Doyle stopped to catch his breath. Can it be? You can read the old tongue? Marade asked. When he nodded, she handed him the horn. The ogier took it as gently as she had, delicately tracing the script with one broad finger. His eyes went wider and wider, and his ears stood straight up. Tia me aven morindin asiande vadin. He whispered. The grave is no bar to my call. The Horn of Valer. For once the warder appeared truly shaken. There was a touch of awe in his voice. At the same time, Nynaeve said in a shaky voice, To call the hero of the ages back from the dead to fight the Dark One. Burn me, Matt breathed. Loyal reverently laid the horn back in its golden nest. I begin to wonder, Bahrain said. The eye of the world was made against the greatest need of the world would ever face. But it was made for the use to which we put it, or to guard these things. Quickly the last. Show it to me. After the first two, Ran could understand Perrin's reluctance. Lan and the Ogier took the bundle of white cloth from him when he hesitated, and unfolded it between them. A long white banner spread out, lifting on the air. Rand could only stare. The whole thing seemed of a piece, neither woven nor dyed nor painted. A figure like a serpent, scaled in scarlet and gold, ran the entire length. But it had scaled legs, and feet with five long golden claws on each, and a great head with a golden mane and eyes like the sun. The stirring of the banner made it seem to move. Scales glittering like precious metals and gems. Alive. He almost thought he could hear it roar defiance. What is it? He said. Marain answered slowly. The banner of the Lord of the Morning when he led the forces of light against the shadow. The banner of Luz Theron Telemon. The banner of the dragon. Loyal almost dropped his head. Oh, burn me, Matt said faintly. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at Pod with your request. So they wake up the next morning and they notice that the blight has almost taken over the entire green man's garden and it started affecting the green man's grave. And this is where our man Loyal steps up. He said, not if Loyal can help it. He, he takes a, it takes a long time to do it though. 
he well yeah that's the general nature we'll find of ogier but he does <laughs> a bit of magic uh, that the ogier call the tree song and he he cast a protection over the grave and he said it will forever be protected from the blight so good yeah. job loyal good job loyal yeah good he said job. the blight the blight will not take him tree brother no it will not and there's not really a lot that happens here, really. They kind of just um, they, leave. they leave the blight. Yeah, Pass leave the, blight. the next book. Start, yeah, start noticing that spring's starting to arrive, and that you know the blight doesn't look as bad as it did before. Um, they make their way back to um, Agamemnon. You notice that the way when they made their way back, none of the crap that was bugging them on the way up messed with them at all. Yeah, they all sort of have like a, a weird sort of sixth sense feeling that something's changed. The grand and even Mar- says that the seven towers of Malkir seemed even taller. Yeah, Rand gets a weird vision where he can see flags on top of them as well. With golden cranes on them. Hmm. Yeah, which is really strange. Um, I know. But yeah, Moraine says, like, you know, we 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 basically dealt a hefty blow to the Dark One today. And still remember that Rand doesn't know this is a 14-book epic. So in Rand's mind, he's <laughs> like, hey, everything's done. I'm going home. And, or maybe go with that, going to Tarvalon and see what that's all about. But he's thinking the worst is over. We're good. Move yeah, maybe there's along. Even as they start reaching Faldara, you know, people start telling about the victory of Tarwin's Gap. The week-long festive celebration, which sounds awesome. I want to be a part of a week-long party. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just it's all pretty good. Yeah. And then, uh, well, when they came back to the town, it was only the soldiers because in one of the earlier chapters, all the residents left town in case the Tarwin's Gap battle went south. So... All the refugees were making their way back to Faldara, but when they descended upon the city, it was the party had started, but it was just Aglemar and his host that was in the city at that time. Mm. And they were talking about, hey, the miracle of the, the, the weird man came by and you know, lightning and fire and rolling earth and took us to victory. <laughs> the man man took on flesh and fought. Light became, light became <laughs> yeah. flesh and tore the dark forces asunder. And the creator walked in the gap. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, yeah, and um, you know, <laughs> Moraine being Moraine, just says, "No, will wheels. <laughs> the will weaves as the will wills." And she does. She does tell him though, but please keep defenses staunch. We never know what's going to happen. <coughs> so that's that's our first. That's Moraine's realization that this is going to be a fourteen book epic, and let's not you know count our chickens before they hatch. The Horn of Valer. That's so right. Aglemore, they show Aglemore the Horn of Valer, which um, I think is okay with him. But I hope going forward, it's not one of those things where they're walking around. Hey, look what we got. Woo-hoo, look at this, the horn. Woo-hoo. It's probably best to keep an article of that import uh, to themselves. Yeah. yeah, just not say anything about that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Because he wants to use it, doesn't he? <laughs> don't blow your own horn, right? He wants to go right up to Shogor and use it. <laughs> she does ask Aglemore for an escort, escort to help them uh, to to get to Ilion, which, if you're not familiar with the map of Randland, is completely in the opposite direction. They are they are very much in the north eastern part of the Randland uh, map, and they need to now get to the complete almost southeastern part of the map. So it'll be a little bit of a trek if they're going to go all the way south to Ilion. My next note says, a week later, while still in Faldara, we fast forward now, and Rand is training sword fighting with Lan. Although impressed, Lan is still quick to keep Rand in his place. I think he uh, 
drops three sheep herders in this scene. So I think I think Lan is definitely going to be uh, going for the league lead in in calling Rain a sheep herder. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> At least until yeah. we get some more um, Min chapters. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for Min to return. <laughs> I love the Min Rain banter. It's the best. In the last few, you know, paragraphs of this book, um, we like I said, we get posturing of everybody kind of getting set up for what they expect, what they believe is going to be happening in the next next book. Egwin meets up we, with Rand. Yeah, I'm sorry, what was that? Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say like um, Egwin meets up with Rand, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And then <clears throat> the most important bit, which we suddenly change, and the book ends with Moraine's point of view. But I think we'll leave that to Rich. Oh yeah, to take us out on that one, yeah, Rich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, think, I think the passage so you've been uh, told to read is the so one that not, I would have picked <clears throat> yep let's not talk about it here is <laughs> readings with rich welcome to readings with rich I'm going to read to you guys the final paragraph of the book the wheel of time the eye of the world come along with me to this journey in Agamon's private garden under a thick bower dotted with white blossoms Moraine shifted in her bedchair the fragments of the seal lay on her lap, and the small gem she sometimes wore in her hair spun and glittered on its gold chain at the ends of her fingers. The faint blue glow faded from the stone, and a smile touched her lips. It had no power in itself, the stone, with the first use she ever learned of the one power as a girl in the royal palace of Carthen was using the stone to listen to people when they thought they were too far off to be overheard. The prophecies will be fulfilled. The Aes Sedai whispered, The dragon is reborn. Thank you guys for listening to the final chapter of The Eye of the World in the first book of Wheel of Time. Yay! And there it was. <laughs> Your first ever readings were rich. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll do that as a tradition. <laughs> we'll end each book well, like that. <laughs> well, let's just preface it by saying you probably realized that, that uh, there was reading with Rob for the first two chapters, and then we piled into readings with Rich. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so yeah, that brings an end to the book. So I think, guys, we should do a... Um, book one. End Correct. Book one. So we should do a, a recall uh, episode at one point and go over the book as a whole and how we felt about it. Yes, um, sure. But yeah, and that's I, it. That's it for I this week. I will go week, ahead everybody. and update my counters and at the and tack on the end of our book synopsis we our final tally of counters for book one. Good, good stuff. Yep, so that's it for this week. Um, hopefully we'll be back soon with the next one. I think we might take a little break as well um, between books. Got to practice say, on our singing. Yeah, should we say two weeks? Sure. Or do three weeks? Sure, whatever works. Yep, so we're going to have a two-week break, maybe come back with our review episode, and then we'll start book two, The Great Hunt. That'd be season so, two. Guys, I am really thirsty, and I've got to go back to work. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, I'll I'll let everybody know at Taviran Pod. That's yep. right. At Taviran Pod. Taviran Pod at gmail.com. Discord, YouTube, Patreon, Redbubble, Instagram. If, they, if there's a, I mean, I, I think Bill's even on, or Rich is even on uh, uh, Tinder, right? Taviran on Tinder. Is oh, that, yeah. that you, Rich? Yeah, that's me. Okay. Yep, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill, you, it's, just, it's just pictures of his feet, though. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, I'm He's gonna, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go order me a pineapple smoothie. I don't know why, but I am. Yeah. I'm going to Agamor's in. <laughs> the Agamor in. Yeah, I'm gonna get myself a pine pineapple cocktail. You guys are ate up. 
<laughs> All right, guys, this was a great ride. I can't wait to see what, what transpires in the great hunt. See you on the other side, everyone. Bye. 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 Now that our heroic trio have left the familiar confines of the two rivers, they find themselves being chased by all sorts of denizens of the Dark One. Our party has been scattered, and the boys separated from Marvrain and Lan. Let us hope that luck, or some other force, can keep them safe. Uh, Bill? Bill? Billiam! Put that dagger down! You have no idea where in creation that's been! No, no, Rich. I don't have an extra cloak with me. Maybe if you didn't ride your horse straight into the Aranel, you wouldn't have this problem, hmm? For crying out loud, Robert, I know that girl from Berlon said weird things to you, but you shouldn't let it get under your skin so much. What are you, Eleven? You all remind me of a younger version of myself. Why, back in Watch Hill, I would... This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. <laughs>